Oh, what is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast. We're on episode 85. Jake Sanderson, how you doing? Of my little hockey show where once a week I go through all of the major news and what's happenings in the NHL, mainly focusing in on the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Calgary Flames, because those are my two favorite teams, but I will be talking about all 32 of the teams in the NHL on this podcast, especially on today's episode, since we're on the All-Star break. I'm going to be doing my mid-season report cards for all 32 teams. We'll go through all of the teams, talk about how they how they have done so far, expectations coming into the season, and we'll see if they have been living up to said expectations or not so much. So before we get into that, let's just touch on some of the other hockey topics that has been going on over the last week. Uh, still a little bit of hockey going on, so... We will be talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs for a little bit, some Ottawa news, more not great news out of Columbus, and we got some suspensions to talk about, and a couple of players hitting 1,000 games this week. So let's dive into it. Let's let's go with the suspensions. So we have a couple of suspensions to talk about. Let's start with the lesser of the two, I guess. So New York Rangers, you guessed it, it's Jacob Truba again. He gets a two-game suspension on his hit, I forget who he hit, I think it was Dorofeyev or something in the Vegas game, um, yeah, I mean, we know Jacob Truba, a, a, a defenseman that has ridden the line of controversy his entire career, he's made a, a very good living being that kind of defenseman, and yeah, he gets kind of the chicken wing, gets the elbow up, and yeah, it's dirty, it's two games, probably should have been more considering the other suspension that went down with a player that shockingly didn't have a suspension history but Jacob Truba has like a laundry list of controversies and suspensions and questionable hits it's uh generally like an every two weeks every three weeks I feel like something that Jacob Truba has done is getting talked about and this one a little bit less so because of the other suspension that went down but yeah man Jacob Truba not really surprised that, you know, this is the kind of thing that happens with Jacob Truba all the time. It's uh, probably, I mean, a, a little bit of a slap on the wrist, I guess. But New York has been struggling uh, over the last little bit. Uh, uh, kind of, I wouldn't say they're the Eastern Los Angeles Kings right now. I don't think it's gotten that bad, but they're they're getting down there. So New York has been struggling. Let's uh, Let's take a little bit of a look here at what's going on with the New York Rangers. They have had a pretty awful January, I must say. Uh, a pretty nice losing streak there, like four games. And yeah, they've kind of been sputtering out this whole month. And from what I'm looking at here, it, it really does seem to be a goaltending issue, which... I don't think anybody coming into this season thought that Igor Shosturkin was going to be having the struggles that he has been having, but he has not been playing like Igor Shosturkin this season. 32 games played, 19 wins, 12 losses, 1 loss in overtime, rocking a 2.86 goals against, but it's the save percentage at under 900. It is currently an 899, so, okay, it's it's... Like, that's bad. It's not, like, unplayable bad yet, but those are not Shesterkin numbers, and I don't really know what's going on. See, this is the thing with goaltenders. They're very hard to to gauge. There's They can be superstars one year, and then they're compl- they may not even be in the NHL the next year kind of deal, and I'm not saying that Igor Shesterkin is necessarily in that 
in the, in danger of, of maybe having like a Cal Peterson or a Jack Campbell situation happening where he gets sent down and, and tries to find himself. But I don't know how much longer this is going to continue for Igor Shosturkin. I mean, it's, it's only one season and he could easily just rattle off a couple of shutouts over a two week period. And he can easily get that save percentage back up to the, to the lower nine hundreds. But yeah, right now that's uh, it's pretty alarming at this point for uh, the Rangers. Uh, I think there's still going to be a playoff team and everything like that, but they're going to need to start to stop the bleeding here and figure out what the heck is going on. And not only is the goaltending struggling with New York right now, but also more bad news is that Philip Heedle will be missing the remainder of the season, which is a pretty big blow to their offensive core. So that that young gun line of of Heedle, Lafreniere, and Kako, oddly out of the three, it seemed like Heedle was kind of the one that was starting to emerge, kind of having a little bit of a breakout, especially last season. I feel like he was playing very well. And yeah, concussion problems this year has just grabbed a hold of him and yeah it's been a really rough season for him trying to get back healthy and then when he does get back onto the ice in practice he suffers another concussion and now he's done for the whole entire season so really scary stuff like head injuries are just so hard again to gauge because it's all over the map like I don't know if any one concussion is necessarily the same so uh, I'm hoping for the best for that player I I hate hearing a young players that, you know, I, I, it's not over yet. It's not like his career is done or anything, but you don't want to see anything like that. I mean, we saw it recently with Nolan Patrick, young player, second overall pick, and he just injuries wrecked his career and he wasn't able to become the player that he was drafted to be. And hopefully that he will be able to come out of this come back next season nice and healthy and maybe all three of those guys will break out at the same time because Lafreniere I mean he had a little bit of a a nice start to the season but he's at 49 games now 29 points and a minus 10 Uh, one of the few players that are a minus he's one of the worst minuses on the team a minus 10 isn't horrific it's but it is an outlier when you're one of the few minuses on the team and it seems like most of the minuses on this team other than Nick Benino who got waived and cleared uh yeah he's he's like really the only guy that's a, a major minus like that so Lafreniere kind of struggling again as a young player hasn't quite gotten to that breakout level yet even this season I mean probably on pace for about 50 points or so nothing that we haven't seen out of this player so far so yeah uh, definitely was hoping for an Alexis Lafreniere to pop out a little bit more but I still don't I still don't know if they're really giving him the opportunities to become a superstar like he is getting roughly 17 minutes it says here of ice time Seems like a pretty good amount of time. I, I, he's just the points just aren't coming right now. And then where's the other guy, Kako? Oh man, I, I'm struggling to find his name here. There he is, Capo Kako. Only gotten into 28 games so far this season, only six points. So, yeesh. I don't know, man. Like, does it get bad enough that the Rangers would look at maybe moving off of one of these young? young prospects? I I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't move off of Lafreniere. I still think he would. You know, even if he doesn't live up to that first overall potential, I still think he would, at minimum, become a solid top six player. Uh, Kako, though, on the other hand, he may end up becoming like a solid bottom six player. I've heard 
numerous times that he has a pretty solid two-way game, so maybe that's what Capo Caco is going to be turning into. But yeah, right now, Rangers going through it a little bit right here. Now, it's a long season. We know this. 82 games, a lot of games, and maybe right now the Rangers are just getting into a little bit of a lull. Mid-season lull. The All-Star game is right around the corner, and maybe they're just fucking tired so we'll see how the rangers do when they come out of the all-star break but right now it's definitely been a rough january for them and speaking of rough i'm sorry to pile on to you columbus blue jackets fans but things just just aren't getting a whole lot better over there so patrick line has entered the assistance program uh i have not heard why but I mean, just I think just in general, being in Columbus right now, it's got to be miserable. Nothing has gone right for that for that organization this season. So I, I don't I, I I can completely understand why Patrick Line um, may need to get the heck out of that situation right now. And he's already had like a pretty wild career, like a whole bunch of ups and downs with Patrick Line and. You know, sadly, at this point in his career, I, I would have expected him to be a much more prominent superstar. Like, when he first started with Winnipeg, he seemed like this young, just super fun player. He was going to be a goal-scoring machine and had some personality to him. And, yeah, I mean, just kind of kind of petered out a little bit. Now he's in Columbus, not getting a whole lot of attention, been struggling with injuries for a few years now. And, yeah, I hope this is the thing that, can really help uh, Patrick Laine get back to that original Patrick Laine when he first came in, just all that confidence, and yeah, man, I, I want that Patrick Laine back, he's a, he's a really cool player, man, I really enjoy him, he's just one of the rare people that has a personality, and uh, I'm hoping for the best for him, that he can come back and get out of that assistance program a better person. Well, I'm not saying that he's in there because he's a bad man, but, you know, just work on whatever it is he's got to work on. Take your time. It's not like Columbus is going anywhere this season, so take your time, Patrick, and and get better. And then we have the, I believe his first name is David Juracek. Uh, he's been making it known that he's not happy with the lack of playing time in Columbus right now. And Juracek, a young uh, defenseman prospect for them and sadly it just seems like right now like by far he there are defensemen playing on Columbus right now that aren't as good as David Juracek but David Juracek has the two-way contract where he can get sent down and he doesn't have to deal with waivers so it's kind of just a convenience thing like nobody else that they have right now is is I don't know if uh, I don't know how many of them would clear waivers if they wanted to move them down. I think that's what their fear is. If if we move one of these guys down to bring your check up, we're probably going to lose that defenseman. And it looks like Columbus is probably going to be making a defenseman trade here at some point. Uh, I've heard some things that they might be looking to move off a of Provorov already, and maybe some other guys. I think Jake Bean might still be there. One of those are. Um, one of those defensemen that has a B in his name or something like that um, that has just not fit in very well at Columbus could definitely use a new change of scenery. We know that Merzlikens wants to get out of there as well. He put up a shutout the other night, so that, that will help uh, potentially moving him out of there. But with David Juracek, I mean, yeah, it's uh, not good uh, that you've already gotten the player upset with the playing time and at this point there's really not much they're they're probably going to do about it I I, I mean like I, I'd be having this young player playing especially if he's better than some of the defensemen we have and we know that if this defenseman is in our long-term plans I mean yeah I would be doing what I can to make him happy or whatever but 
yeah, shit is just continuously not going well with the poor Columbus Blue Jackets. It just, jeez, man, they just had a disastrous season. And speaking of disaster, let's let's go back to that other suspension that I teased a little bit earlier, the Brendan Gallagher suspension. So his suspension comes out to five games, and shit, dude. Okay, so a little bit <laughs> to unpack here. So initially, people were flipping out before the suspension even went down, predicting that Gallagher probably going to get two or three games at most, and he gets five, and I think that's in the middle, because there were some people calling for 10+, plus. there were others that were... Probably like, yeah, it's probably going to be two games, like the normal standard kind of NHL suspension for that kind of thing. And there's a lot of arguments here because uh, Brendan Gallagher, now this shocked me when I heard that, that he's never been suspended before. I was like, holy shit, that's that's kind of insane. So he must have a laundry list of fines or something like that. But he's a pretty well-known rat in the league. Like, he's not a very clean player. Um so, I mean, there's that kind of reputation with him. But, yeah, there, no suspension. That was uh, rather alarming. So people speculating that, oh, it probably won't be. They're not going to throw some extra games at him because he doesn't have a history necessarily. But five games. And I, I watched the hit. It's fucking chicken shit to the maximum right there. Like, not like. So it's Pelic that he hits in the face. And Pelic just returned from a concussion injury. So, and it's not like people didn't know that. He was gone for a long time. I, I can almost guarantee that Gallagher knew about this. And he just chicken wings this guy. He sticks his elbow way up, way the fuck up there, and just clocks him. Just drive-by clocks him. And Pelic is down. He is injured. And, yeah, man, watching that, I, I would have been completely fine with 10 games. Um... Like I said, this guy's got a history. This is a hit that you do not want in the game anymore. It was on a player that just came back from an injury, a concussion injury, and the head was targeted clearly. There's just, there's a lot there, man. It was a fucking absolutely garbage play by Gallagher. And, you know, if the NHL wants to change their game, and I have semi-praised the, the, what is it, the, the, player safety they've they've doled out semi-tougher suspensions this season you know not not insane but it hasn't been as upsetting as some of the previous years where you're like how is that one game how is that two but this one at five it's like yeah it's definitely a blow to Gallagher he's gonna lose I think they said somewhere in and around 150 grand Uh, then there's other people that are you know, saying that, oh, Brendan Gallagher should be suspended for as long as Pelic is out. And if Pelic is out for the remainder of the season, let's say, then Gallagher should be out the remainder as well. But then that's just a whole nother discussion, right? Then, then you know, what if what if Pelic, uh, you know, says I'm hurt longer than he actually is and, and stuff like that. So there's like that whole thing. But five games, I think it's right in the middle. Like, I think it should have been a little bit more. Maybe not necessarily ten, but maybe seven or something like that. Five is hefty. Like, it's not tiny. Like, I'm not mad that if it was, like, three games, then, yeah, I'd be pissed off. But five, I can accept. I think it should have been heavier. Curious to think what y'all think about that Gallagher hit. Just watch it and tell me that that, that Gallagher had... Only intent to injure on that play. That's all that was on his mind. And I'm not impressed with that. That was absolute garbage. Hopefully Pelic is okay. Like, 
that's such a devastating injury for the Islanders who were just trying to get it back on track after a whole fucking, you know, coaching change and everything being down their two biggest, best defensive defensemen the whole season. They get one back and he's out already like fucking garbage right there. And, you know, it's not like Montreal was heading to the playoffs or anything. So it's just completely unnecessary. And fuck you for that. Brendan Gallagher, absolute garbage. So since we're kind of already down here in the dumps, let's uh, do the little update for um, the five players that were named uh, by the London police to come in and surrender. So update on that now is, uh, as of right now, I believe Formenton is the only one that had surrendered himself to the police. And now all five of the players named Dubé, Carter Hart, uh, McLeod, and Foote, they have all been charged now officially and that's basically all i really know i have i I, i'm not a lawyer i'm I'm not i'm not that guy but i don't know where we go from here is there a is there jail time put to this is do we have to are we waiting for a trial i i believe i read something that the trial might be taking place in 2025 so this is something again it's already taken a very very long time with the investigations and and now that we have the names now we got to do the trial and that stuff takes a really long time as well. So no idea how long this is going to be until we get a a resolution to this situation. I I don't know what the future of these NHL hockey players and the one not NHL hockey player, will they be allowed to come back to the NHL to play? Are their contracts void and null now? What, What happens? So these are all the things that I imagine we're going to be finding out very slowly, but... As of right now, all these men, or at least for Menton, I, I know that he came out and said that he is maintaining his innocence. He reported to the police because that's what he was supposed to do. He's not admitting guilt. And I imagine, now I'm not saying it, I'm not saying it's not official, but I would just imagine that the other four guys are probably in the same boat. They're not admitting guilt as of now until there's a full trial and everything. So we'll leave it at that. I don't, you know, I really don't want anyone like piling on these guys until everything is proven and there's, you know, actual sentencing and all that stuff. So I, you know, it's a very ugly, messy, just awful situation. And I just, I, we all want it to be settled. We want it to, we want this to never happen again, hopefully. And, um, yeah, this, uh, this has got to, this has got to stop. This is absolutely ridiculous. And, uh, yeah, so I'll keep my, I'll keep my ears and eyes open, I guess, on this story and see where it's going. But yeah, there's a lot of unanswered questions and it's going to be a long time, I think, until we get more answers on that. But there you go. There's a little update on what is going on with that really awful situation. And, uh, yeah, we'll just move on to other things. Let's try and lighten the mood a little bit. We got a couple of guys here hitting 1000 games, which is a big freaking deal. Uh, the Dallas Stars, Matt Duchesne, has hit 1,000 games, which is insane to me. The guy, oh man, he's been in the league for so freaking long. And yeah, he's doing really good now with Dallas. A bit of a slow start there. Uh, I remember everyone was raving about that signing for Dallas. Like, oh, getting him for $3 million bucks, And, you know, like I said, didn't start out great. But now he has just been killing it with the Dallas Stars. So that's great. Hitting 1,000 games, also great. And, yeah, I like Matt Duchesne. He's a pretty fucking good player. Like him. And then Pittsburgh's Lars Eller has hit 1,000 games as well. Just a journeyman. Uh, Lars Eller. Like that guy. You know, second line 
uh, center, third line center on a Stanley Cup winning team, which he has won a Stanley Cup. I believe it was with the Capitals. And yeah, man, I mean, Lars Eller, just a good player. Like, if, if he ever showed up on the Leafs, I'd be like, fuck yeah, I, I, Lars Eller is, is, is some good shit. And congratulations on 1,000 games. Don't know how much more he's got left in the tank. Uh, he's currently battling it out with the Pittsburgh Penguins, trying to get into the playoffs, but it's been a little bit of a struggle. Speaking of struggle, the Calgary Flames are very much so struggling. Uh, Lost there to Columbus was very upsetting. And getting a 1-0 victory over the Chicago Blackhawks does not make me feel very good about their potential playoff race. If, If people still believe that the Flames are in there, I mean, yeah, there's a very small outside chance, but... If I, I th- again, I, I always, I keep, I've been saying it all year. It is a bad idea to chase down a playoff spot this season. You got to sell Calgary. Don't fucking do it. All right, so that's really all there is with the Flames. Just kind of been a really rough week for the Flames. Not really anything positive to say other than Shillington. I do believe made it into the lineup, so that is great. Didn't put up any points or anything, and didn't get a whole lot of ice time. Definitely just easing him back into the lineup, which. I mean, it's a fine idea. He hasn't played hockey in like two years, so I'm fine with that. So we'll we'll take our time with Shillington, but just so good to see him back in the lineup. It's just, it's been so long. So yeah, obviously very nice to see him back in the lineup. Speaking of very nice, it was very nice to see the Toronto Maple Leafs beating one of the best teams in the league two times in a row, the Winnipeg Jets. I did not see that one coming. Uh... A shutout from Samsonov. Samsonov played his ass off in both of those games. I thought he looked great. It kind of sucks that the All-Star break is now because it just seemed like he was getting it back together. And it would have been nice maybe to see him get a couple more games and keep that hot streak going. I imagine the Edmonton Oilers are also feeling that. They're up to 16 wins in a row now. One away from tying the Pittsburgh Penguins and I believe the Columbus Blue Jackets and 17 uh, straight wins in a row. So they're probably like, why does it have to have the All-Star break now? They're going to have a break and then they're going to come back and who knows, they could... Maybe they go on a losing streak. That's the thing to keep an eye out when a team goes on a big winning streak. Make Watch out for that losing streak. Once they lose that first game, they can go down in a little bit of a nosedive. So keep an eye out with the Oilers. I don't think they're going to be in too much of a of a problem with uh, with a losing streak, but I will keep an eye on that, and I'll definitely have my eye on that first game back. See if they can tie that record, and of course, let's see if they can break that fucking record. Now back to the Leafs. Beating the Jets... Back-to-back, it wasn't back-to-back nights, but back-to-back games. Uh, Very impressed. I was very impressed with their performance. Uh, Mostly the defensive uh, performance from from the squad. I thought they played pretty good. Fucking Benoit got his first goal as a Toronto Maple Leaf. That was just awesome. Very good to see that. That guy has become one of my favorite guys on the team this season. He's just... Gotta love that guy. He definitely wants to play for the Leafs, and he is doing everything that he can to remain in the lineup. He's doing a great job, so really good to see that guy grab his first goal. Very much so deserving. Don't know how many more he's going to be getting, but all good, all good. And then uh, the little thing with um, Samsonov trying to give Matthews the belt, the little belt that they give out for like their player of the game or whatever, Matthews giving it right back. That's nice. You know, I saw the videos. It was good. Like Matthews like, nah, bro. Like, are you kidding me right now? But yeah, that's nice. Good team bonding. And yeah, that was pretty good. So pretty good week here for the Toronto Maple Leafs. 
They're heading into the big All-Star game weekend in Toronto, and there's, what, four of them in the event. So, yeah, it's going to be a very Toronto-slash-Vancouver-heavy All-Star game and uh, skills competition. I I believe I'll probably check out the skills comp just because there's a million bucks on the line. So we'll see what what the players are going to be bringing at that. I would pro- I would watch the draft. Uh, that should be a lot of fun. I believe they are doing a draft again. They should never have stopped that. It's it's a ton of fun and it creates a lot of really good funny moments. Sadly, with Phil Kethel, but it's Phil Kethel, so it's okay. Uh, and then the game. I, I have no intentions of watching the games. The All Star games always suck ass. Uh, only maybe the John Scott was like the last one that I watched that was actually pretty good. And yeah, so that that's going to be going on. Let me know if you're going to be checking out those, that all-star festivities this weekend. For me, it's mostly just going to be like a break from, from the hockey. But yeah, I, I will say there is a, a slight interest in this million dollar skills competition. I, I have a little bit of interest there with that. Speaking of interesting, just one more thing to touch on. Two more things, actually, to touch on before we get into the report card time. Now, there are some some rumblings going around with the Ottawa Senators that Jacob Chikrin is potentially on the trade block. And, yeah, I mean, they could get something for him. I would imagine maybe at this point in time, Ottawa, like, yeah, they'd like to keep him, but he's probably going to want a shitload of money that they're more than likely not going to be able to give him. I feel like they brought Chikrin in to help with um, these couple years that they had him, or going to have him, uh, to help him get into the playoffs and maybe do some damage there. But yeah, this this uh, season for the Ottawa Senators has been a absolute disaster with an explanation point or three. And yeah, so Chikrin's name has gotten out there. Not sure if they will move him, but there should definitely be some teams interested in him. He's still got a nice cap hit, and he's played well for the Senators. I feel like he was a good... I like the addition. It made a lot of sense at the time. It's like, all right, Ottawa's like right at that cusp where it's like, we need to start adding like pieces. We have all the prospects and all that shit that we need. Let's start adding some pieces that we really need. And Chicken was a really good piece that they added, but he could be out the door. So we'll keep an eye on that one. I know the Sens were pissed off that that got out, but that kind of shit generally always gets out unless you're in New Jersey and you got Lou Lamorello. And also, I guess I should touch on the Chris Tanev thing with Calgary. For some reason, there's a connection with Chris Tanev and the Ottawa Senators. Ottawa interested in Tanev's services because he's an older defenseman that could bring some stability to a younger defensive core, but at this point in Tanev's career, he would probably want to go to a contender, and why would Ottawa be spending assets to bring in a 34-year-old injured defenseman? I don't know about that. doesn't make a ton of sense for Ottawa to do that. I imagine there would be... uh, a cheaper option for a veteran presence to come in. I mean, he doesn't, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like there's definitely a cheaper option, like to get Tanev over to Ottawa, they would have to give up something like a pick or a prospect and to bring in Tanev for, I don't even know if he would resign. It just doesn't make any sense to me, but with Calgary, it doesn't matter. Like, as long as they're trading him to someone, just take the best offer. But with Ottawa, it's like, why the fuck are you guys connected with Tanev? It doesn't make any sense to me, but that is what is going on. And speaking of what is going on, something's going on over here in Utah, y'all. So Utah, they getting impatient over there. They want a fucking hockey team. They want it now. So they're pushing out there in Utah for the NHL expansion. Could be Salt Lake. I, I don't know, but... 
it seems like it's it's going to happen. It's just when. And I think sooner rather than later, I think Gary wants to to strike while the iron's hot. There's a ton of interest with um, NHL expansion right now, and they're making fucking money hand over fist doing it. They brought in, what, 400, 500 million with Vegas, like 600 million with fucking Seattle. They sold Ottawa for damn near a billion dollars. So, yeah, it looks like Utah, they'll be looking to more than likely be hitting that $1 billion mark for the next expansion team. But, um... Yeah, man, they're very interested. I know Houston is interested, and Quebec City is always going to be interested. It's just never going to happen. But, yeah, we're going to have a team in Utah at some point, probably four four or five years from now. Who knows? And, yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm, I'm fine with more teams. I still feel that there are quite a lot of players that are NHL quality that are not playing in the NHL, especially goaltenders right now. Um, But again, that's only going to open up another two spots, maybe three spots for goalies. But I don't think it would water down the league or anything. That was more of a problem uh, in like the the late 60s when they had that expansion. Now there's so many good skilled players. I mean, I I think we would be okay to add in another two. And that that seems fine with me. I'm okay with it. Curious to think what or to hear what y'all think about a Utah team coming to the NHL, I I think that would be okay. Now, preferably, I would like some more Canadian teams, but it's just, it's hard, man. Like, there's just not a lot of big markets in Canada, and um, even Quebec is not not as big of a market as you think it is. It's hardcore as fuck, but it ain't that big. So, and, and the chances of another team coming to Ontario, another NHL team where you you know, it's it's pretty low when you got Toronto here already. They're such a powerhouse. Uh, yeah, so I think it's going to happen without a doubt. You know, more money for the NHL. Those owners aren't going to say no to, uh, to you know, another $100 million in their pockets. So, yeah, it, it's going to happen. Just I don't think it's going to happen soon, soon, but sooner than you think. And, yeah, that's, that's all the news, baby. Let's fucking do it. Let's do the report cards. Let's go through all the teams talk about how they've done so far at this pretty well like we're a little over halfway now but it's it's okay we're at the all-star break so let's talk about them let's start with let's start with the east we'll just work our way from hmm how should we do this i mean it's gonna be i don't know we'll probably go from top to bottom i guess we're gonna score this on your classic school rating system a plus to an f so we're doing minuses we're doing pluses, but no F minuses, no F pluses, an F. All right, starting with your Boston Bruins. 31 wins, 9 losses, 9 overtime losses. They're doing fantastic. Won four of the last five, and I, I got to give them an A. I almost, I almost have to give them an A fucking plus on this one. They lost their whole center core, um, and, and they're still chugging along, baby. They're first place in the East right now. Um yeah, and they have a pretty good lead on that one, too. I mean, uh, 66 points for the Florida Panthers. Boston at 71 points. They're great at home. They're great on the road. I mean, what can you say? It's a very impressive team. I I wasn't going to be tricked this time around. You know, last year I was tricked. Oh, the Bruins are getting older and, and slower, and they're injured, and then they had the greatest season of all time. Not so much in the playoffs, but 
Wasn't going to be tricked this year. They still have Swayman and Allmark doing great. And obviously David Pasternak, who is also doing great. 33 goals in 49 games. Nothing wrong with that. Marchant slowing down a little bit, but still doing his thing just about point a game. Charlie Coyle having a really good season, actually. And Charlie McAvoy, mostly healthy, playing well. And it's just kind of been good, solid depth throughout. I mean, the Lucic thing happened and kind of got forgotten about, but that's okay. He's not playing. Boston Bruins, I, I almost I think I might have to give them an A+. Very impressive team right now. I know they've kind of gone through a lull here or there, but nothing short of spectacular losing Bergeron and Krejci. I mean, if if the Bruins were going to fall off of a cliff, I would have expected it after Bergeron left, but look at them. They're still fucking killing it. So A-plus for the Bruins, and it, and it hurts me to say that. Florida Panthers. Florida Panthers, I was... I was sold on this team being very good this year as well. They're very good again. I know Kachuk has been off to a bit of a slow start, but can you blame him? Dude was basically dead in the finals of the playoffs last year. So, And Florida had a ton of injuries on defense. Bobrovsky's been great this season as well. I mean, yeah, Sam Reinhardt. How can you not talk about Sam Reinhardt? Guy has been fucking slaughtering the league this year. 37 goals and 49 games. Amazing. And Matthew Kachuk has started to turn it on. Carter Verhage's been excellent. Barkov's been an assist machine this year. Evan Rodriguez was a really good addition, along with Oliver ekman Larson, who saw that coming. I mean, shit, yeah, man. This team's just buzzing. A really good team. I do not want to, I would not want to deal with them in the first round. It's going to be an absolute nightmare. Yeah, they've done really well as well. I think I will give them, Florida Panthers, probably an A-. I'll go with an A-. They're already a really good team with a good coach. The system was in place. They got a $10 million goalie who's kind of playing up to it. I mean, no one's going to play. $10 million goalie, you better be fucking Dominic Hasek every night. But Bobrovsky's doing well. They've won four of their last five. They're good at home, better on the road, and it's just a really impressive team right now, doing well, doing really strong, looking like they're going to do some more damage in the playoffs. Now we get to the Rangers, who we have discussed on this podcast today as having a very rough January, and Shesterkin not having the season, uh, not having a very Shesterkin-like season, but the Rangers got shot out of a cannon at the beginning of the year, absolutely excellent. Panarin going off on a huge point streak to kick off the year. He's back in form. Jonathan Quick all of a sudden just found his game again. He's trailing off a little bit, which is to be expected. He's like 300 years old now in hockey years. So if Igor can get it back together, they're going to be in really good shape. But it's just a good-ass team, man. Adam Fox is getting it done. Kreider's scoring. Panarin's going nuts. Trocek is an excellent Second line center, very underrated. It's just, they got to get those young kids going. Like, if Lafreniere and Kako can fucking figure it out, that's going to help them a lot in the long run. Blake Wheeler was an, a, a solid-ish addition. You can't really complain with, uh, I know he hasn't put up very many points, but he's making league minimum, so you can't really rag on him too bad. It's been a pretty decent season so far. I think with the with the shitty January, I'll, I'll put them at a B right now. It's been a good year, but uh, yeah, it's definitely been trailing down. They they got to step it back up right now. Then we go to the Carolina Hurricanes. It's definitely been an up and down season. Mostly goaltending has been their issue. It's been getting better. 
But um, yeah, they, they they had a rough t- start to the season. They had a really rough road trip, uh, road trips, and uh, yeah, it seems like now everything's starting to even out a little bit, at least in terms of forwards anyway now goaltending it's still a fucking carousel they've had five different goaltenders play for them this season we have no idea when frederick anderson's going to be making it back anti ranta was at one point the worst goaltender in the league he got sent back he got sent down he's back up playing okay they got spencer martin now they picked up on waivers and peter kachekov all over the map. He's great one game, terrible the next. So it's been a real uh, roller coaster ride in terms of goaltending. Offensively, pretty fucking good. I mean, Aho is having an excellent season. Seth Jarvis is having a breakout year. Michael Bunting was a great addition in the off season for them. Uh, definitely been not been getting what we're looking for at a Nechaz and Svechnikov. Svechnikov dealing with a lot of injuries this year. Now he does have 30 points in 29 games. That's great. But slow start, got injured, came back, was on fire, and now he's injured again. So we'll see what Svechnikov comes back after this injury. But Martin Natchez has been fairly disappointing for, I would say, up until the last like week or so. He's been pretty fucking all-around disappointing. And uh, defense is great. I mean, you got so many good freaking defensemen on this team. Uh, I know Tony D'Angelo hasn't been necessarily awesome. Neither has Orlov. He hasn't been, you know, he hasn't been that Boston Bruins Orlov. But Carolina is looking really dangerous right now. And considering that they're as good as they are, I've been forgetting to say the records, but 28, 15, and 5, second place in the Metro, with the goaltending that they've had to deal with, I mean, it's pretty fucking good, I'm gonna give them a B, I think they've had, um, you know, obviously it's the goaltending that's holding them back right now, their best goaltender is Peter Kachekov, and he's got a 900 save percentage, which is shocking with this defensive core in front of them, so if they can get the goaltending figured out, and if they can add or find someone on this roster that can become that game-breaking goal scorer for them. Like, Sveshnikov has shown flashes that he can, but same with Natchez. It's just like, they got to take it and go with it. They got to become bonafide 40, 45 goal scorers for this team to, I think, make it to the cup. Like, they're always going to be a contender, but I don't know if they can win that cup without uh, a fucking super-duper star, which I know Ajo's really good, but we'll see. We'll see. Carolina having a good year. Who's next? Who do we got? Who we got? Come on, internet, load. Oh, okay, I was, just, I was on the uh, wrong thing. Tampa Bay Lightning, who have been coming on, baby. They're past the Toronto Maple Leafs now. Fifth place, 50 games played, 27, 18, and 5. We know that they came into the season without Vasilevsky for the first, like, 20 games or so. He came back a little bit early, not, not playing like Vasilevsky, but Tampa Bay is starting to play like Tampa Bay right now. And we should be scared about this. We should absolutely be scared. Kucherov is, I don't think he's ever went away, but Kucherov is just, just destroying the league right now. He has got 85 points in 49 games, 32 goals, crushing it. Now there is, I, I, there is a big concern with the, with Tampa Bay, with the, with the minuses on this team. I've talked about Steven Stamkos. As of this recording, he's a minus 17, and he has 47 points in 47 games. So that's a glaring issue. Nicholas Paul, a minus 18. Sergachev, a minus 15. So they got problems on this team defensively. Obviously, um, not having Shish- or um, Vasilevsky 
is hurting them. They're 23rd right now in goals against. Uh, thankfully, they got the best power play in the league. Thank you, Kucherov. But um, yeah, Tampa Bay, I can't say it has been the most clean season, but they have definitely been ramping up and looking a lot more like Tampa Bay right now. Vasilevsky, under a 900 save percentage right now, so he's pretty much in the exact same boat as Shesterkin, two of the highest touted goaltenders in the league both under a 900 save percentage right now I would I would bank more on Andre Vasilevsky getting those numbers up over Shesterkin but both should be able to do it you would think and Tampa's looking good right now I will give them hmm with all the things I mean considering that um no Vasilevsky at the beginning and they're using Jonas Johansson who did pretty good not great uh he did his thing I I think I'll go with a B minus for right now they are dealing with that um, Steven Stamko situation. He is uh, he's still looking for a contract extension. They got Mikhail Sergachev, who looked like he was taking over for Hedman last year. He's struggling a bit this year, but thankfully Hedman's back to being Hedman this season. So that's really good. The Tanner Janot thing has just been a fucking nightmare. He's got 12 points in 41 games, a minus 11. So that continues to not look good at all, but... Tampa is Tampa. I think they're well on their way to the playoffs, and I think they're just going to keep ramping up. So Tampa Bay, watch out. They're going to have a very nasty back half. Now we get to our Toronto Maple Leafs. 47 games, 25, 14, and 8. Um, Yeah, you know, I will say this has been the least um, engaged I've been with a Leafs season in a while. I am very much so just not feeling this year just because... I'm I'm all about the playoffs at this point. I could I you know it's great that you know Matthews Marner are breaking some of these franchise records and climbing up and all that. That's great. And Willie having a fucking career season as expected when it's when it's time for him to make his money, he's going to play out of his mind and now that he has the money, he's not playing so good, but he's got 61 points in 47 games amazing he's leading the team. Austin Matthews has 40 goals in 46 games fucking insane Marner is having a down year in his books but he's still at 53 points in 47 games I don't even think he's having a down year anymore I think he's he's back back to about Mitchell Marner Morgan Riley is having an unbelievable year he's got 40 points in 47 games and also just just playing fucking good John Tavares so John Tavares you know he's struggling right now he hasn't scored any points in a long time and it kind of looks like his road is coming to an end as an elite center in in the league. But maybe he's just tired right now. Maybe John comes back completely revitalized after the break. We'll see. He's still playing good. 35 points in 47 games. No, that's not worth $11 million. But, they're, they're, you know, it's, it's almost done. It's almost done. I just love John Tavares. I'm always going to love him. And then you got a whole bunch of the new guys that got added in that aren't really living up to it. Max Domi's okay. Tyler Bertuzzi's okay. Uh, Jake McKay's been a good addition so far. Uh, Noah Gregor knew a guy. He's he's okay. Uh, Bobby McMahon's played pretty good this season. John Klingberg was a disaster. We'll just pretend that never happened. Simone Benoit's been an excellent addition. Ryan Reeves, not so much. Um... Like it's uh, been great to see Joseph Wall. He came into the net this year. He looked really, really good, and now he's been gone for fucking ever. I don't even know if this guy's ever coming back at this point. Ilya Samsonov's been a roller coaster, but he's trending upwards. Martin Jones arguably has saved the season for the Toronto Maple Leafs, but overall, for me, it's it's been a disappointing season. 
the Revo thing just didn't work out. The team still, like, it's, it's always a slight improvement. Like, they're a little bit tougher than they were, but... You know, the defense still isn't up to snuff for me. Like, yeah, McCabe has been a nice addition. They still don't have a big guy back there. Um, They're still missing some of that snarl up front. Um, Yeah, man, I'm still not seeing a team here that can win a Stanley Cup. Uh, Not the way that the team is made up. And they basically doubled down on this on this plan of, of paying three guys 50% of your cap space. And, you know, it hasn't gone so good so far. So my optimism with the team is, is fairly low, even though... It's been a decent season. Like, they're winning. Um, I'm not, like, in that boat that it's going to be a 100% this team is making the playoffs because they're very inconsistent. Like, I think I've seen maybe four complete games from this team. You know, full 60 minutes, put in a full effort for the whole entire game, maybe four times at best. I might be pushing it there. So, that's the kind of thing. You're just not going to win Stanley Cups the way that this team is playing right now. But, um, you know, it's it has been fun watching Austin Matthews score at will. It's, it's, it's pretty enjoyable to see that. Uh, other than that, man, it's just been a little bit just disappointing to watch this team this year. Penalty kill sucks. I mean, goals against is still pretty high. They're 21st in the league. They're scoring, which, I mean, has always been a thing for a while now. The team can score, obviously, with... Um, with with the guys that they have, their power play should be better with the with the skill that is on this team. But um, I'll give them a B. I don't even know if I want to give them a B minus. I I might go C plus just because it's been rather disappointing. Like Treliving has not been doing a very good job so far. The William Nylander contract does not make me happy, but. You know, their, their hands are honestly tied. There's really not much the Leafs could have done with it. I mean, it's just, of course, he's going to have a career year this season when they got to pay him. That's just how it goes. And they didn't get a good deal on him. It's it's just going to be, at best, it'll be like, an eh, it was okay. It didn't hurt them, but it wasn't something that's going to help him win the Stanley Cup in the long run. So I'll go C+. I'm, I'm not really happy with the Leafs season so far. And yeah, they're sixth place in the division or in the East their third, uh, is it third? fourth in the Atlantic? So yeah, man, uh, this team should like they had an opportunity to easily take uh, first place in their division, and they're they're not doing it. So C plus, I'd maybe even drop it down to a C. Detroit, so Detroit definitely trending in a good direction right now. Um, we're looking at a 26-18-5 record, fifth place in the Atlantic right now. But they're trending upward. They're doing really good. They had a great start. And they've pulled out of that three-team race between Buffalo, Ottawa, and Detroit of the three teams up and coming that could, should make it into a playoff spot. And honestly, I thought Detroit was the weakest of the three. And here they are. They're the strongest playing team of those three this season and it's been pretty all right man it's been not bad you know adding in Patrick Kane I know he's injured and it hasn't really it's been way better than I expected like he put up way more points than I thought Alex Lyon has been saving their season with a 924 save percentage if he can keep that up Detroit's making the playoffs Billy Huso, James Reimer not playing very good right now but uh, thankfully they got Lyon. He's doing good. Dylan Larkin's having a good season. He was doing way better. Uh, then he got that injury and he hasn't been playing the same. And he's even admitted that. Like, he's like, I don't, I don't like, I'm playing a little scared right now after that hit to Brincat. I mean, we saw that insane start to him. It, it's been a great fit for him in Detroit. He's definitely slowed down 43 points in, in 49 games. If he was scoring the way that he did, 
at the beginning of the year, he'd probably have about 40 goals right now, like Matthews. So he's definitely slowed down. Lucas Raymond having a pretty good bounce back year. Shane Gossespierre has been a good addition. Daniel Sprong's been a good addition. JT Comfer, meh. Moritz Siders having a solid bounce back season. Andrew Cup, meh. David Perron, Nah, he's okay, he's okay. And Patrick Kane, man, I mean, in 19 games, he's got 16 points. I mean, pretty fucking good uh, piece of business right there. Justin Hole, uh, you know, he's not putting up points, but he's not a minus. He's a plus eight, so he's been a decent addition for them as well. They just got to keep it up, baby. I don't know if this team is going to add something in the playoffs. They, they probably... It, it's too early to tell right now. Like, Steve, we see... Steve uh, Steve Yeisman pulled the plug on the team last year pretty late. So, as they are right now, uh, they're, they're looking pretty good. I'll give them a B-minus for right now. They're at least in the hunt. That's at, at minimum what was expected out of this team this season. Even though I feel like, honestly, out of Ottawa and Detroit and um, Buffalo, their expectations were lower. Just looking at the roster makeup of the of the three teams, Detroit overall looked like the weakest. It didn't have the highest end talent, but they're pretty good throughout. And obviously, if you're getting a 924 save percentage out of Alex Line, you're going to start winning some games. Now, I don't know if this guy's going to be able to keep it up, but he did it for Florida last year. Looks like he's going to do it for Detroit this year. So I'll give him a B- minus for Detroit. Not bad. Now we got the Philadelphia Flyers. Very interesting team right now. Um, not doing good right now. They're, they've lost five in a row, possibly more. 50 games, they're 25, 19, and 6, which is way better. So much better than I had them listed at coming into this season. I had them basically bottom feeding. So I'm I'm very impressed of what they've been able to do with the Flyers. If you look at this team, like it's not a very stacked roster, but obviously getting Couturier back in the in the lineup and Cam Atkinson has been huge for them. Travis Konechny, one of the more underrated players in the league. He's been playing really good. Joel Faraby as well. What the fuck, man? This guy is having an excellent season. He's got 40 points in 50 games. Sean Couturier's got 31 in 46 games. Not not that many points, but it's that two-way game that Sean Couturier brings. And it's clearly helped out the team quite a lot. Owen Tippett, he just got a huge extension. I guess I could talk about that now. Eight-year extension. I think it's like $6.25 million. I think uh, Philadelphia has done very, very well with that. Not only bringing in Tippett, but they've utilized him well. He's got 30 points in 46 games, 18 goals. I really like that deal. And he is a flyer, bro. He's got the red hair. He's a Philadelphia flyer. I'm really happy for Owen Tippett. Cam Atkinson, he's getting up there in age, not having an amazing season. He's minus 26 or uh, sorry, minus 16. Travis Sanheim playing way better than I think anyone expected, but I think he's bitten off a bit more than he can chew. He's doing a really, like, a solid-ass job considering, but he is a minus 17 right now. Morgan Frost, pretty solid season right there out of him. Bobby Brink looking pretty good as a young player. Cam York as well. And then the goaltending. So this gets a little bit controversial here because Carter Hart is one of the five players named of that uh, 2018 Junior Canada team, so uh, he's not with the team right now. But uh, Samuel Erson has stepped in, played fairly well. Save percentage is only an 898, but he's got 12 wins, and they do have Cal Peterson there as well. Uh, still not playing good, so 
it this this could be the beginning of the downfall for the Flyers. They're on a losing streak. They got the Carter Hot situation going on right now. So this could be the fall of the Philadelphia Flyers. But I'm I'm gonna give them a B minus. I am very impressed at what the Flyers have done. Tortorella has built a system there. He's built a culture, and it's starting to work, man. Like this team works hard, and they're getting wins, just not right now. Now we move to the Islanders. So, um, you know, they've been kind of struggling a little bit over the last couple years after their back-to-back third-round appearances in the playoffs. Currently 2017 and 12, fourth place in the Metro Division. Just recently fired their coach and brought in Patrick Waugh. So obviously things are not going quite the way that they would like to. And I think that starts with Ilya Sorokin, who has not been playing like Ilya Sorokin this year. And again, that might be my fault because I drafted him in fantasy and I'm a jinx. But 909 save percentage, still really good, but not for Sorokin. Um, he's he's just playing a lot, man. He's playing a shitload, facing a shitload of rubber. Uh, I still think he's playing really good. Like a 909 is good in this league right now. And Varlamov, he's got a 914. So the goaltending has been good. And Noah Dobson has been insane. He has busted out this year. I've been a fan of this player for years. And this year, people are starting to take notice. He's got 52 points in 49 games as a defenseman. Extremely impressive. And Matthew Barzell having a good year as well. 13 goals, 38 points, or 38 assists, 51 points, 48 games. Bo Horvat, I don't think I don't think you can really complain with that season. He's got four, 45 points, 20 goals, and 48 games. I'd be happy with that. And you know that Bo Horvat is bringing those face-off wins and defensive abilities. And then you get to the rest of the team, where I think pretty much everyone here has been underperforming so far. Brock Nelson, Kyle Palmieri, Gabriel Paggio, Anders Lee. These are your bigger names on the team. Yes, they're getting older, but they've all kind of been underperforming. Um, They're getting older. They're getting a little bit slower. And, you know, firing tort or was it? Towards Trots, Trots, there it is. Firing him, that was just a bad idea. I think it's very easy and safe to say that. Patrick Waugh so far, I think he's like 1-2-1, and so it hasn't been a revolutionary change for the Islanders, and... Yeah, man, I don't know if they're going to make it this year. It, Like, even the new coaching bump, like having Patrick frickin' Waugh on the bench isn't getting them wins right now. So, yeah, it's been definitely an underwhelming season for the Islanders. I don't think they had the biggest expectations. They were kind of like a, a middle-of-the-pack team, could be in the hunt, but could easily fall out. So, with that being said, I'm going to give them a C right now. Um... Maybe even a C minus, just because we know that Lou probably isn't going to do anything in terms of moves or anything like that. The Pierre Engvall thing is just not bit like what the fuck was that all about? Some very questionable contracts signed over the last year on this squad, like the Mayfield deal. Very interesting. So I'll go with a C minus for the Islanders. Um, yeah, not not the best run for them so far this season. We get to Pittsburgh now. So they're at 22-17-7 and in 46 games. And yeah, another team very up and down. Very up and down indeed. They're currently fifth in the Metro. And yeah, they bring in Eric Carlson this year. They get Kyle Dubas, new GM. And um, yeah, they're trying to get back into the playoffs for another run with Sidney Crosby, Malkin, and the boys. And it's, it's not been going great. I mean... 
the makeup of the team, it's very difficult for Kyle Dubas to even do what he did is pretty fucking impressive. Getting rid of uh, the bad contract in Granlin, somehow getting Eric Carlson in here. He tried. He at least tried. I just don't think it's working. The team is too old, too slow. And for some reason, they can't score on the power play to save their lives. Like, Pittsburgh power play is so fucking bad right now. It's kind of sickening, and they need to fix it immediately. If they can figure out this power play, Pittsburgh could and should make the playoffs because everything else has been pretty good, especially the goaltending. If they got goaltending like this a few, like a few seasons ago, they could have had another Stanley Cup. But Tristan Jari, 9-13 right now, playing really good. Alex Nedeljkovic, wow, 9-18 right now. He is, that has been a great addition for them. I did not see that one coming. Uh, even Helberg, they grabbed him. He's put up a 9-22 in three games, so not bad. We got Sidney Crosby arguably having the greatest 36-year-old season of all time. Um, you know, goal scoring slowed down a little bit, but 27 goals in 46 games is outstanding. 50 points in 46 games, again, outstanding. Jake Gensel, outstanding season. Will he get traded? Oh, fuck, I don't know. That's a, Talked about it last week. I think it's the right move, but more than likely not happening. Malkin, 40, 40 points in 46 games. Extremely impressive for his age. Eric Carlson, 34 points in 46 games. Not the numbers that he put up in San Jose. I don't think we're expecting that. But he's been fine. He's been good too. Um, Chris Letang, still a miracle he's playing. Brian Rust having a really good season until he got hurt. Riley or Smith or Riley Smith, a pretty okay addition. I mean, 20 points in 40 games, only eight goals. I imagine you would want more out of that player. Uh, Ricard Raquel has been okay, but he's coming off an injury. Yeah, man, some of the additions that they brought in, like Nolachari, he hasn't really provided a whole lot for them. Um, yeah, so some of their defensive moves were not not the smartest, like getting rid of um, Siegenhaller, I believe they got rid of. Just not a good idea. Uh, with the Pittsburgh Penguins this year, like there's definitely some highlights here. Like the goaltending has been so much better than I think uh, I was expecting personally. Crosby's been playing still an elite level. I'll give him a C-. minus. Like, you know, it's just... It's, t- it's a tough position to be in because you got Crosby on the team. Like, if I was in the video game, I don't have a heart. I would have traded Crosby away. I would have traded all these dudes away. Like, there's no fucking way I'm giving a six-year extension to a 38-year-old guy. It's just not happening. But it's it's what they kind of have to do. You're, it's a really, really hard thing to manage. And I think Dubas is doing an okay job. But, yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough. they got to figure that power play out. New Jersey. New Jersey. So this has been... A pretty disappointing season for the New Jersey Devils so far, obviously. They're um, currently sixth in the Metro, and they had a huge breakout season last year. Made it to the playoffs for the first time in a long time. Jack Hughes has become a bonafide megastar, but this season has not been what they have been expecting. And, you know, I kind of warned this with the goaltending that they were going in there with was was probably not going to uh, work out great, and it's been pretty fucking bad. Vanacek is arguably unplayable this year at an 886 save percentage, just bad. Akira Schmid, not much better at an 893. And they got Nico Dawes at an 895. Now these goalies have played 29, 15, and 8 games respectively. And yeah, neither, not one of them has been very good. And um, that's definitely been hurting the New Jersey Devils a lot. So their goals against, they're currently 29th in the league. Their goals for is 9th. Their power play is 6th. 
and their penalty kill is 20th. So clearly, it is a goaltending problem that they are dealing with. Uh, really nothing new here with the New Jersey Devils. That was the problem the three years prior to them making the playoffs. They just needed a goaltender, and they need a goaltender again right now. Uh, thankfully, Jesper Bratt's been playing really good. Jack Hughes has been insane, but he can't stay healthy. He's only made it into 32 games this year. Same thing with Nico Heischer. He's playing good, but he just got to stay healthy. Um, Toffoli's been a good addition. 21 goals in 47 games, 34 points. Not bad. But, I mean, you're looking at what Sharon Govich is doing right now for the Flames, and you're like, well, fuck, I mean, you already had a guy that could have been your 20-plus goal scorer, but whatever, Toffoli, if, if, well, if they make it to the playoffs, so you're probably going to see a little bit extra Toffoli in there, but again, they got to make the playoffs, and it really doesn't look good for them right now, and the fucking Timo Meyer contract has been an absolute disaster a disaster i didn't like i didn't like them bringing them in in the first place and then on the extension on top of that really didn't like that either and he has not provided them with very much 34 games nine goals nine assists 18 points and a minus 23 which is way way by far the worst on the team next closest is minus 13 yeah, so Timo Meyer has been a huge minus for the New Jersey Devils. I never liked that move. Um, yeah, it, it's hurting them, man. I don't, it's not just Timo Meyer. Like, clearly, it's the goaltending. The loss of Dougie Hamilton on the blue line hurts a lot. Yeah, man, it's just last year they, they, they were able to get the goaltending. This is a playoff team if they had some, like, a... a league average goaltending they they could should probably be in the playoffs but right now it's been disappointing giving them a d plus this is rough it's been a rough year for new jersey definitely not living up to their expectations coming in now we get to the washington capitals who have a 47 47 games played 22 18 and 7 they're now at seventh in the metro and Yo, they were doing way better than they ever should have this year. They should have probably always been bottom feeding. They're 30th in goals for. They're 27th on the power play. Goals against has been good. They're 13th. They've been able to keep the puck out of the net. But the big story around Washington is it appears that the magic dust on Ovechkin is gone. Now, he's not having a bad season. 44 games. He's got 31 points. Okay, well... Bad season for Ovechkin, sure. Okay, nine goals. That's that's the sticking point. Ovechkin with only nine goals in 44 games. And he's a minus 17. So uh not not ideal right there for sure. And uh they're just they're struggling to get goals, man. Like through and through. Um they only they don't have any 20 goal scorers yet. They got 19 goals out of Dylan Strom. Maybe not the guy you were expecting to be leading this team in goals right now. Anthony Mantha, eh. Tom Wilson's got 12 goals. I mean, honestly, it's it's been the Charlie Lindgren story. This guy has been winning Washington games that they shouldn't be winning. And I imagine Darcy Kemper has gotten a few of those wins as well. But uh, yeah, this is a team that hasn't been playing very good uh, forward-wise. They haven't been playing very good defense, but they've been getting saved by Charlie Sideburns. And yeah, there's just a ton of disappointment. I don't think there was a ton of hype for Washington to get back into the playoffs. I like their addition of Sandine. I think he's pretty good. But yeah, man, their blue line is is weak. Um, Ovechkin's just not getting goals right now. It's It's been a disappointing season. I'll go with a C-. I don't think there was a ton of hype for this team to do a lot. 
But um, yeah, I think it's only going to get even worse. I think their back half is going to be pretty ugly. Unless Ovechkin finds it. Maybe he's saving it for the back half. We'll have to wait and see. And now we get to Buffalo. Oh boy, Buffalo. Jesus Murphy. Sixth place in the Atlantic right now. Not where they thought they were going to be. 22, 23, and 4. Very disappointing. I mean, they looked great last season, uh, more so towards the end. They just missed the playoffs by one point, and who knows what would have happened if they made it in there. And, yeah, kind of a team similar to um, New Jersey where they were going to go with a very questionable goaltending tandem. Very, very young. They wanted to go with Uka Pekalukanen and Devin Levi, who are very young goaltenders. And it hasn't worked. It just it it's it's not bad. I mean, it hasn't been a complete failure. Uka Pekalukanen has gotten his game together a little bit. He's been playing better lately. Uh, but currently a 908 save percentage, which is good. Nothing wrong with that. It's just the team isn't winning right now. Devin Levi rocking an 891 save percentage. Um, not ideal. Not what everyone was was expecting. But he's so young. Like why you can't expect a young goaltender to carry this team all by himself so I'm not incredibly surprised that Devin Levi hasn't changed the world for the Buffalo Sabres I think that was just way too much pressure to put on him but uh, Uka, Uka Lukanen's played fine Eric Comrie just no just absolutely no I'm sorry and then we get to the rest of the team so there's just been a kind of a lot of underwhelming performances this year but not from Casey Middlestad Casey Middlestad is having a good season 42 points in 49 games, 12 goals, 30 assists, plus 9. Good fucking season for Casey Middlestad. Now the rest of the team. Rasmus Dahlin, I say it's an okay season. He was fucking wrecking shop last year. He's got 38 points in 48 games, minus 12. So, eh. J.J. Paterka is third place in scoring on this team. That should not be the thing, but J.J. Paterka, 34 points, doing pretty good. And then you get the Alex Tuck who a lot of people believe was shooting way over his his weight class last year with all those points, but he's got 34 points in 42 games. I think he's playing fine. Um, I wouldn't say that's necessarily disappointing. I think he's he's doing good. Jeff Skinner, uh, you know, making $9 million, only 33 points, 17 goals, could be doing better. Dylan Cousins. Uh, Dylan Cousins, he... Definitely has been trailing off. Had a pretty good start. Slowing down now. And then you get to Tage Thompson. Huge drop off this season. 39 games played. He's been dealing with injuries on and off all year long. Only got 28 points. 14 goals. 14 assists. Definitely not on pace for the 50 goals he was doing last season. So, yeah. Tage Thompson not playing like Tage Thompson right now. Owen Powers doing okay. And the rest of the team's just kind of doing eh. Uh, pretty underwhelming right here all around. A lot of disappointment felt throughout the Buffalo uh, organization and fan base, I can only imagine. But, eh, what's another year, right? It's what, what, we're up to 12, 13 years now. The Buffalo Sabres haven't made it into a playoff spot and uh, doesn't look like they're going to be making it this year either. So, going to go with a D-plus for the Buffalo Sabres. I mean, yeah, there was some hype around them, but uh, here we are, not doing good. Montreal Canadiens, three more teams remaining. I think at this point, it is safe for me to say I will save the Western report card for the next episode because I'm getting tired of talking. All right, let's go. Montreal Canadiens, they are currently seventh place in the Atlantic 2021 and 8. Now, they're not doing good. It's definitely not, they're not having a good season, but I think they're doing okay 
considering what was expected of them. I don't think anybody was expecting him to make the playoffs. I think they were just wanting to see improvement out of the young players, figure out what's going on with the goaltending, and, you know, just try and make a little bit of progress. And I think they've done that, honestly. Uh, Goaltending... Sam Montembeau gets his extension, and he's played pretty damn all right. A 9.05 save percentage, a nice increase over what he did last year. Goals against is a little high, but that's more on the team than him. A 9.05 for this Montreal Canadian team, that's a good save percentage. But Sam Montembeau, good season. Got Jake Allen, uh, more than likely on his way out with Montreal, but not playing bad. And then you got Caden Primo, an 8.99, just kind of eh. Got Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield, the one-two duo. I think safe to say that I think between the two of them, underperforming a little bit, uh, more so Cole Caulfield. He's only got 17 goals in 49 games, which is a little bit under what you would expect out of Cole Caulfield. Still pretty good. Uh, Nick Suzuki, a little bit under 42 points in 49 games, a minus 16, which don't really want to see that out of Nick Suzuki. He's uh, known to be one of the better two-way forwards, but um, yeah. And then you got Uri Slavkowski, First overall pick of the Habs a couple of years ago. He's got 20 points in 49 games. He's not blowing the fucking world away. But kind of having a similar season from what I'm hearing to Quint- Quentin Byfield last year where he's playing good. He's getting minutes. He's getting top six minutes. He's getting power play. He's playing well. He's doing the right things. It's just the points aren't coming just yet. So... We're going to be, we have to be a little bit more patient with Uri Slavkowski, but I think this player is going to turn into a solid, good top six player. I'm having an okay year, minus 16. Then everyone else, you know, Brendan Gallagher, rough season. Josh Anderson, really fucking rough season. Uh, Alex Newhook, not bad. You know, he's only gotten to 23 games. One of the new guys, 13 points, okay. And then, like, uh, some of the younger players, Justin Barron, Caden Cooley, uh, trying to look for some uh, Jordan Harris. Is that one of those younger defensemen that they have? Some of the younger guys. Arbor Jack, I only got into 19 games so far. That sucks. Kirby Doc, that was a huge, very early blow to the Habs this season. He only got into two games before his season was shut down, which fucking sucks. Um, honestly, I think the Habs, they've been in more games than I was expecting. They're putting up more of a fight than I'm expecting. Um, still not a good season. Uh, I'm going to give them a C plus. I think not too bad, honestly. If they can bring in something decent for Jake Allen, see what they can get there. Uh, they definitely they got they got to start figuring out this defense. I mean, Mike Matheson, he's having a really good year for Mike Matheson, but to have that guy as like your top defense man, uh, probably not the best. So gonna gonna start wanting to see some of those younger defensemen starting to come up and play some bigger roles on this team but for now the Habs are having just an all right season now we get to the Columbus Blue Jackets which I should probably just slap an F on them right now but let's 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 do our due diligence and and take a look at how it's going so eighth place in the Metro 16 24 and 10 just bad uh 23rd in goals for 31st in goals against 26 power play 23rd penalty kill so nothing's going great uh elvis merz lickens he wants out uh he's got a 903 save percentage and a very expensive contract might be tough to move uh the rest of the goalies not playing good jet greaves though he's got a 934 in two games so maybe there's something there with him uh yeah there's not really a lot of good things to say here johnny goudreau extremely disappointing season he has seven goals in 50 games zach warensky uh, he's okay he's doing all right um adam fantillion his first year 
Take it with a grain of salt. It's his first year, and he's playing for Columbus. He's got 27 points in 49 games and a minus 21. So, yeah, I mean, not not a mind-blowing first year. It's, it's, it's an okay first year for him. Marchenko's been okay. Um, yeah, man, there's really not a lot of good things to say here. And, and I mean, come on. They, they hired Babcock. Columbus, you're getting an F. Come on, smarten up. And last but certainly least is the Ottawa Senators. Oh, my goodness. We just slap an F on them right now, here and now, or, or what are we doing here? Let's see. All right, we'll do the stats. 19, oh, they're 8th in the Atlantic, of course. 19, 25, and 2 is the record. Goals 4, they're actually 11th, so they're, they're, they're scoring goals. They're letting in a lot. They're not scoring much on the power play, and they've got a bad penalty kill. So, And goaltending has been rough. Corpusalo has not been what they were hoping for when they threw all that money at him. Rocking an 888 save percentage right now, 11 wins and 32 appearances. Not good enough. And he's been, you know, very frustrated uh, in his play. Almost every time I see him, he's very upset. So that hasn't been good. Uh, that's been a miss uh, for their addition. Timmy Stutzel, like, yeah, he's got 47 points in 46 games, but only 11 goals. I was expecting a lot more out of him. Uh, so, not bad. Like, it's just, he's just not been Timmy Stutzel this year, honestly. Giroux's having a good year. Kachuk could be playing a bit better. Uh, Drake Batherson's having a pretty good run. Vlad- Vladimir Tarasenko's been actually a pretty decent addition. It just made no sense. Jacob Chikrin. He could be getting traded. Josh Norris not really having that good of a season. Only 24 points in 39 games. Jake Sanderson had an unbelievable start, and then he slowed the fuck down, but still pretty good. I mean, seven goals in 46 games. That's pretty damn impressive right there, 24 points. Um, Yeah, Thomas Shabbat's been injured. There's been a ton of fucking issues with this team inside the in, out in and out of the arena. New management, new coaches. It's just been a fucking nightmare. They're still trying to find a place to play. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is it an F? Is it an F for Ottawa right now? Like I know the expectations were so very high for them and they're crashing so very very hard. Uh, but I don't think they didn't hire fucking Babcock though. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna give him a D. Gonna go with a D right here because I think. Oh shit! I don't know. I don't even. Is a D too high for Ottawa right now? Is that too much? I mean, they're just not fucking winning. You know, like they just can't get a save. They need a goalie, man. And Corpusalo, you know, I when I heard that prediction that they're like, oh, Corpusalo is gonna come in and give Ottawa well under league average goaltending and I was like oh yeah I could see that happening and he's actually been much worse than that so um yeah Ottawa I'll go with a D Uh, it's not good it's been a rough year for the Senators and I don't know if it's going to get much better this year they appear to want to keep Jacques Martin on the on the bench for some reason don't ask me why I have no fucking idea makes no sense to me but that's what they're doing and that's your report cards for right now I don't I just there's no way I can go through all of the West right now. I've been talking for an hour and 15 minutes straight. I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to I'm gonna stop it there. We'll save the report card for the Western Conference for next week. But thank you, everybody, so much for listening. You're awesome. Hopefully, you're enjoying the podcast and all that stuff. If you are, make sure you're hitting that review button. Just 
rate it, whatever you got to do on whatever service you're listening to this to. Hit that like button if you're watching it on YouTube, which you can do. I upload all these onto the YouTube channel, Gamer GX Videos, where you can watch all these episodes of the podcast. Great spot if you want to drop a comment, questions, concerns, leave a comment on the YouTube channel, send in a message on Twitter. There's a Twitter page, email address, all that stuff is there. Love to carve out some time for you and answer your questions live on the podcast that'd be so much fun and yeah so there you go everybody there's the hockey cast uh this week we're gonna have another pretty beefy one for the wrestle cast uh there is a vengeance day pay-per-view on sunday so should be having an extra pay-per-view review for that along with your regular recap and in terms of the gamer cast this week i'm I'm edging towards the Dave the Diver review. Just finished it off the other day. So probably going to be doing another modern review for the GamerCast. But if you would like a list video instead, just send in a message and I could pop out a list video. No problem. So there you go, everybody. Hopefully you're having a good day and all that stuff. Thank you again for listening. And we'll be back again with more GX Plus Cast.